it's simple. I think it's quality. That can boil down to the quality location or a quality building or quality farmland. It doesn't matter what you're in. And it, that doesn't even have to be for real estate. And anything that you're spending money on, if you own something that is quality, there's going to be someone who wants to pay more for it down the road than you paid for it. Real quick, before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off. And that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful, costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant, which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try Smart Move tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how Smart Move can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with Smart Move's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with Smart Move's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks. And today I'll be speaking with Brian Luffman. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Theo? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for coming on the show. And I'm looking forward to our conversation and learning more about your real estate background. So Brian is the founder and president of American Farm Investors, AFI for short, which manages thousands of cropland acres as an investment for accredited investors from 25 different states in the U.S., He is based out of Lexington, Kentucky, and you can say hi to him at AmericanFarmInvestors.com. So before we begin, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. My background is almost exclusively financial. I always wanted to be a trader in Chicago, and that's what I did right out of college. So I was a derivative trader on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, traded cattle options. And then how it parlayed into a farmland company that I run. I was looking for a passive farmland investment while I was still in Chicago because I wanted an inflation protection and a real asset that would be able to provide cash flow. And I couldn't find anyone to help me buy into a farm or to be a private equity consultant, so to speak. So I kind of filed that in the back of my mind and knew that that's what I wanted to do after trading. And thus, American Farm Investors was born. And I now manage a lot of farmland acres for a lot of investors throughout the country. So for those that don't necessarily know what 
farm or crop land is and how it generates money and what's kind of done on that land. Like me, do you mind kind of quickly giving a high-level overview of the business plan? Certainly. I'll go back to the beginning on why I was interested in it in the first place. And because it was really an inflation play, I wanted to bet on commodities. And I figured, why not own land that grows commodities? You can invest in farmland in many different ways. You can buy an almond farm in California or an orange grove in Florida. But I wanted to buy grain-producing farmland in the Midwest because it's pretty affordable. I mean, we buy land for five, six, $7,000 an acre. We produce corn, wheat, soybeans, industrial hemp. And basically, as an investor, you have the benefit of owning the underlying land, of course, and that goes up in value anywhere from 5 to 7% annually. If you look back 100 years, that's the average, 5 to 7%. It comes in waves. When there's big inflationary cycles, it goes up in a hurry, and then years like the last 10 years, we haven't seen much appreciation in farmland. So it's kind of been stagnant, at least over the past five years. And then the cash flow is a component as well. So the, the real reason you invest in farms is for the appreciation, but the cash flow is tied to inflation. We produce corn, wheat, soybeans, and those are commodity crops. And my investors get anywhere from three to 5% cash flow a year. So that's kind of the investment thesis. I mean, the real thesis is if you believe that inflation is going to occur and I believe it's going to possibly occur in a big way. This is a great way to bet on that and be hedged for inflation. Okay. So essentially the primary objective is that inflation. And then the secondary benefit would be that cash flow you provide. So I guess is the goal to eventually sell that land and then distribute a lump sum profit to your investors? Sure. More or less. I mean, but most of the investors have a pretty long-term outlook on this. And if indeed inflation does occur and commodity prices go up and these farms are generating five, six, seven percent returns, maybe they'll just want to hold on to the asset as a cash producing asset. There's definitely a option to sell the properties down the road, but I don't know. A lot of my investors are pretty long-term with this. Okay. How do you underwrite these deals? It's very simple. We're looking for the very best dirt and you do a whole lot of assessment on how productive a farm will be. And there's a lot of tools that we can use in the industry. We use farmers a lot in the region because farmers in that region all know where the best farms are, how to assess the properties, what pitfalls could occur, what type of capital expenditures might be coming down the pipeline when you buy a property. We have a team of people that help us analyze these farms, and we haven't really found many surprises. You're really just buying farmland dirt, more or less. Sometimes there's buildings or drainage involved or logistics, but essentially it's pretty simple. And really... The underwriting is how productive we think the farm will be over the next 10 years. Now, obviously, I do want to add in that the location is an important component as well, because we've seen higher and better uses for some of our farms, and we may be farming them now, but we think they might be developed down the future. That comes into play, and we're willing to pay a premium for stuff that's on a busy road or nearby development, because we know that that will help boost the return someday for the investors as well. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. So you, you kind of got multiple plays going on at once. Correct. In some cases. Now, sometimes we buy a farm in the middle of nowhere that's got very good productivity, and we're happy with that, knowing it's going to be a farm forever. How do you find these deals? Just hustling. I mean, I shouldn't say it that way, but it's just constantly digging. It's cold calling. It's going to the PVA office and the property value administrator and seeing who owns what, driving around, networking with the farmers in the region that we want to acquire land. And the farmers help us a lot. Our best tenant farmers, we use a lot of the farmers that grow corn and wheat for the bourbon industry here. So we use some of the biggest here in Kentucky. So a lot of our properties grow for Maker's Mark, Jim Beam, 
Buffalo Trace distilleries. Those are some of the biggest ones in the country, and we provide corn and wheat for those. So our farmers are big time, and they've got a big footprint. They farm multiple counties, and they know all the landowners. And the beauty is that when they want to expand, they don't really necessarily have the capital to buy more farmland, but they want to farm more farmland. So they call me. They say, Brian, you buy it, we'll farm it. So it's a good relationship we have with all the tenant farmers in the region. Are you raising capital for these deals, or are you funding them yourself? Mainly raising capital for them, but I invest personally in every deal that we've ever done, and I will continue to do that. I like to have skin in the game along with the investors, and I'm a partner in the deal like everyone else. And they're on a deal-by-deal basis, so we don't do a fund. We like doing each deal whenever we find a farm or multiple farms in a region. We'll put a deal together around it. It will have one finite group of partners, and they all know who each other are, not intimately, but they know their names and how to contact each other. And it's just a really simple way to do business. And that way, it's a majority vote. If we ever need to make any decisions on the property, and it's not necessarily that we control the deal outright as the manager, it allows it to be more like a partnership deal. But they all look to our firm for all the guidance on what to do and when to do it. But there are mechanisms in place where they could even remove us as a manager, even though we put the deal together. Okay. So do you kind of have the same investors who will invest in every deal, or are you kind of going out and and finding new investors? And I guess either way, whether the same ones or or new ones, how are you finding these investors? And and is there anything unique about presenting farm deals as opposed to some other real estate investment that you're raising capital for? Sure. A lot of it is people doing their own Google searches and searching out private equity farmland manager. I don't really have any competition in the space. There's a few other firms that do this, but very few will do it for the lower minimums like we do. So for that matter, I mean, if someone's looking for what we do, we're kind of the answer. There's not many other companies that if if someone wanted to invest, say, 50 or 100 or $200,000 into a farmland deal, there's very few options. So with people searching it out themselves, which we love, I mean, those are the most loyal clients. They're the ones, they found us. We didn't sell it to them. They wanted to put farmland in their portfolio. And they had done the thinking and the work to understand why they wanted farmland. They came to the same conclusion that I did, that they wanted inflation protection, a real asset. They wanted a non-correlating asset, something that'll do well when the economy's doing poorly. So those are really loyal customers and clients, and they actually tell their friends. So it's been a little bit of a network effect on how people, not a network effect, but just kind of a web that's growing of the people that like to invest in these deals. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I know for Joe's syndication business, that's his number one way of getting new investors is that referral network. Right. Now, I mean, obviously we do public relations a little bit. We had an article in the USA Today money section a couple of years ago that got some really good outreach and a lot of people learned about us through that. And then podcasts like this. So I appreciate you having me on. I think if it strikes a chord with one of your listeners, they call and maybe they become a loyal client if they like. It's not for everybody, farmland investing. It's low return. People can get much better than a 3% cash return on the market. I'm sure many of the podcasts that I've listened to on Joe's and your podcast have much higher returns than ours, but ours fits a niche for a reason. And we have people looking for us too. Yeah, I actually have a a neighbor who I'm not necessarily sure what the company name is, but he works for a a pretty big bank and he works in their farm division. So he buys land down here in Florida, in the Florida area, and then in the Midwest too. So now I've got more information and I can talk to him about that because I know what I'm talking about now. Absolutely. You can teach um, them some stuff. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so do you mind walking us through specifics like the acquisition costs, just any numbers surrounding a recent deal, your best deal, your first deal? Can I just walk us through some of the numbers? Sure. It's really simple. Basically, 
our first deal looked a whole lot like our recent deal. And that's, I'm really proud of that. We, we structured this perfectly right out of the gate and we've just kind of hit the copy button on to do each one because it's real simple. We buy a farm that we hope will cash flow a gross return of somewhere between four and 5%. We used to be able to do better than that when grain prices were higher, but they're not right now. Corn and wheat and soybean prices are very low for multiple reasons. There just hasn't been inflation. Commodity prices are down in general. Oil, I mean, you're paying below $3, below $2.50 in some cases at the pump right now, and that's a deal. And so our cash flows aren't real great, but the 4% gross, and then basically our expenses out of that, we don't even take 75 basis points as a manager fee. And then there's other costs associated, and then the net return ends up being about a three, if that makes sense. So it's as simple as that. I mean, if we did a $10 million deal, we can lease those acres out to farmers to generate about $400,000 worth of income. All the fees and costs and legal and everything else amounts to about hundred grand, And then three hundred k is distributed to the investors. Does that make it as simple as possible for you? Yep, that is simple and straightforward. Yeah, so if someone invests a half million dollars in that deal, they own 5% of it. They would get 5% of the three hundred k and it all works out. And then they'd get 5% of the upside and on the sale. So... Are you buying these with all cash? Is there a bank involved? Yes, all cash. We like it that way. It's it's incredibly simple. There's a little bit of a doomsday component with when you invest in a farm. It takes a person that's a little bit thinking on the doomsday component, like, <laughs> hey, if everything else fails, I've got a real asset. So those type of folks, that's not all of our clients, but like to have the asset with no mortgage debt on it whatsoever and own it mm-hmm. outright. Yeah, you got to know your customer. <laughs> exactly. All right, Brian, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? It's simple. I think it's quality. That can boil down to the quality location or a quality building or quality farmland. It doesn't matter what you're in. And that doesn't even have to be for real estate. And anything that you're spending money on, if you own something that is quality, there's going to be someone who wants to pay more for it down the road than you paid for it. And I put such a premium on buying the very best of farmland because I've seen it already will overpay for something because it's in a phenomenal location. And the next thing you know, someone wants it more than I did. Simple, but very powerful advice. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, I am. All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor. If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout, for 25% off your next screening with TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at thereifoundation.libson.com. All right, what's the best ever book you've recently read? A friend told me to read Max Dupree's The Art of Leadership, which is an old book. Mm-hmm. And I was sunk into it with one of the first lines, which said, the first responsibility of a leader is to define reality. And the mm-hmm. last is to say thank you. And I loved it. I was like, that's so elegant that... It's really just boiling down to defining reality is so important in life. And so few people have that art or that skill. So I really like that book. It was powerful. If your business collapsed today, what would you do next? I'd start a new business. 
I'm so entrepreneurial. I just love starting businesses and I would find whatever was next very quickly because I love running my own business and doing it my way and, and trying to add value to other people as well. If you were starting in farmland investing today and you had a little or no capital, how would you grow that business? I guess I'd do exactly what I did 10 years ago, which is I didn't have much capital to do it, but you find a great property that you can put a deal around. And I think this goes for anything in real estate. If someone wanted to get into commercial private equity purchasing for like to build a big commercial private equity fund, all you got to do is find the first really good deal, get excited about it, and then start selling it to people that have a little bit more money than you do. And the next thing you know, you're off and running. And that's what I did with farms. And I think that's a, a great recipe for success in real estate. So I think it's find a great deal and then get people excited about it to invest with you. What is the worst deal you've done? Oh, I guess the smaller deals. I get excited about finding value in something that's small. And I'm excited about it because it's a good value, but it ends up being more of a nuisance. I've bought a couple of smaller farms and they've, they've been good performers, but they've taken a lot more of my time than the bigger ones have. And financially speaking or time-wise, it wasn't necessarily worthwhile. So... I've tried to stay a little bit bigger and try to keep focus on spending time in the right way. And lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? It's got to be my website, AmericanFarmInvestors.com. My email's on there and I welcome anyone. If you ever have a farmland question or want to learn more about this, just shoot me an email and I will respond. And uh, that's the best way to get me. Alrighty, Brian. Well, thanks for coming on. This has been a very fascinating conversation. Learn the ins and outs of investing in farmland. Just to kind of quickly summarize what we discussed. We talked about just the overall business plan of investing in farmland, which is primarily an inflation play where you're investing in land that grows commodities. And in your case, farmland that's producing grains. And we talked about on average, the value of the land has grown 5 to 7% each year historically. And then secondarily is the cash flow play, which is between 3 and 5% each year. We talked about how you underwrite the deals. Essentially, you're looking at how productive the dirt is going to be over the next 10 years. And you rely on farmers because they're the most knowledgeable of the business. So they help you with the analysis. We talked about how you found a deal and you said it comes down to hustling. So cold calling, going to the PVA office networking with, with farmers and obviously having farmers who, who know you reach out and say, hey, you buy this land and we'll farm it. We talked about how you raise capital for farmland deals. You don't do a phone. It's more of a deal by deal basis. You find the most loyal customer. The most loyal customers are the ones who are doing that Google search and are actually looking for those kind of investments. And you really don't have much competition in this space. So if they Google search, then you're the answer. You also find investors through those referrals and then some PR, like you had an article in the USA Today, and you also go on podcasts. Then we discussed your, your first deal, which, as you said, is very similar to your most recent deal. It's kind of a copy and paste strategy where you buy farmland that will have a gross return of 4 to 5% each year. So you buy a $10 million property, your gross about four hundred k After about 100000 in expenses, you're left with $300,000 in cash flow. And you do not do banks. You buy these properties all cash. And then lastly, you gave your best ever advice for real estate investing, but just life in general, which is if you're spending money on something, make sure it's high quality because someone's going to pay more for it down the road if it's that high quality. So again, Brian, thanks. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for coming on the show today, speaking with us about farmland investing. Thanks to everyone who listened. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon.
Thanks, Theo. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast, where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at com.